Hey guys, Footy Focus Podcast, episode 26, recording on, on Tuesday, 14th of September. Joined by my co-host, Shahan. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good, Shahan. Okay, yeah. So, um, one, one week off and then one more game to go. And uh, two, I, I guess you could say deserving grand finalists. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, two of the... Yeah, two of the biggest blowouts in finals memory. Normally, I think one of the prelims is a good match, but it seemed like both matches are over. Yeah, probably during the second quarter. Yeah, like um, you would have been terrible for you watching it and sort of almost losing even in the first quarter. But um, now I'm, mm. I'm all too familiar with the prelim final blowouts. I think we've been involved in maybe three in the past sort of twelve years or something. So yeah. uh no, it's, it's no good, but um, I guess it's still, for all four teams left a bit prelim week, it's still been a good year. Like, I know it ended yeah. poorly for both, but still been somewhat successful. But we'll, um, we'll start off with the previews just to get that out of the way, and then we'll touch on uh, some of the topics and a little bit of trade news before we wrap up yeah. this shorter episode. Yeah, so... Yeah, not, not really a great review on my behalf, but yeah, Port Adelaide defeated by Bulldogs 116 to 45. Um, so it's pretty bad omen, um, earlier in the day. So my newborn sort of waterfall weed into my Port Adelaide t-shirt that you got me, um, bathing him early in the day. And I yeah, had to obviously throw that in the, in the wash. So it didn't, didn't start really well. And he, I think uh-huh. he yeah, weed into his Port Grow suit as well during the second half. I think he, he kind of knew the game was over. Uh-huh. Yeah, so leading into it, were you a little bit, I think you were relatively confident during the week, but towards game day, did you become a little bit more nervous? Yeah, I mean, I'm always pretty nervous game day, even if it's um, first versus 18th, but yeah, definitely pretty final. Um, under Ken Hinckley, so 20, I think it was 2014, just lost narrowly against the Hawks, and then last year as well, lost narrowly against the Tigers, so um, definitely didn't see it coming. Um if thought if we would lose, it would be an absolute nail biter. But yeah, just probably the most insipid performance since the 20, 2007 grand final. We lost by 20 goals. Um, zero excuses. Week off, Omni team left with a home ground advantage. No injuries um, from the best 22. Dogs not allowed to train on the ground. Flown across, I think, five states in, in two weeks. Missing um, Keith and Waitman. So yeah, they it's did, just. Yeah, they did get to train though. They. At the Adelaide Oval? Uh, yeah, on uh, Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, on Twitter. That was, that was a good one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the two best teams for the year, like I think something like the Melbourne and Dogs had top spot between them yeah. for like 16 out of the 23. Yeah. yeah, so it's funny how that works. I mean, it's not always you get the best two teams. Sometimes they play each other yeah. in the prelim. But, um, you know, this year I think it was, um, pretty clear that the two best teams made it through. Um, and you're right. Like, I know you guys said you didn't have any injuries, but neither did the dogs really. I mean, they had like a couple of players with season ending ACLs, but other than that, um, yeah, you got to have a healthy run and a bit of luck. Yeah, 100%. So. I think, yeah, just look like just didn't want to compete from the first bounce. So first clearance, easy centre clearance to Libba, handball to Bont under relatively no pressure inside 50. So that kind of set the tone. I think it was five goals straight in the first 
maybe eight, nine minutes of game time. Um, after quarter one, minus 23 contested possessions and minus nine clearances. So when you do that, um, the game's probably lost at that stage. 37-point deficit, um, didn't see coming back from that anyway. Yeah, you mentioned Libera and the contested ball. Why did Willem Drew start on the bench? Yeah, he, he does always start on the interchange bench. So I think that's what Hinkley's put it down to. Um, but um, you do need to adjust come, yeah, finals because he had he he did get quieted by Drew, but he had I think five quick possessions and two clearances before Drew did come onto the ground, and the tone sort of set from there. Um, and it was just yeah, no pressure. Yeah, every ground ball it seems like the dog dogs won as well. Bailey Smith, I think, is probably the finest performer so far. Twenty three and four goals. Trelaw responded to his critics, a game like 13 score involvements for only 23 touches. Josh Shackey, who's been yeah, much maligned. Um, I think we've talked about him a little bit on this pod this year. He's kept kept Aaliyah quiet when the game was on in the first quarter. Yeah, Shackey was good. Um, yeah, like I watched the game, or most of it. I sort of got bored towards after halftime, to be honest, and switched off. But uh, everything the Bulldogs did just came off, like, the defense was good. I think a couple of their plays instead marked. Um, like you said, they were winning it out of the center. Um, I'm sure you'll touch on a couple of their forwards next, but, um, uh, similar to the game on Friday night, this is snaps and the one percenters just kept, um, going their way, way as well as, I guess the free kicks a little bit as well. But, yeah. It's not a massive issue, but, um, yeah, they did get a bit of luck there, I thought. Yeah. I think, I mean, look. I think that you definitely make your own luck. I think they were the only team that turned up uh, ready to play, ready to play four quarters, ready to play two-way footy. So um, can't argue with the the luck that did go their way. They did have um, maybe a few umpiring decisions here and there, but 37-point um, deficit at, at quarter time. Um, you're just not coming back from that um, ever probably. Um, and you mentioned the forwards. You mentioned Norton last week too, and he – Completely dominated McKenzie in the air. Most of them in the, in the first half and got off the chain in Waitman's absence. He kicked set three goals and seven coin Roberts from 14 touches. Bit of an um, interesting one. I think he's a mature ager that went to the D's. Um, so I went to the Dogs VFL and then got recruited to the D's and went back to the Dogs. So he's had a bit of an interesting career to yeah. date. That was uh, Mitch Hannon you were talking about. I think he just broke up a little bit there. But uh, yeah, no, he. I, I didn't really see it when he. Played a few games early on in the year. I thought yeah. Yeah, he wasn't quite up to it, but um, no credit to him and um, the coaching staff for having the trust. And um, no, he was very clean and um, got on the end of a few, but he yeah was made his positions count and yeah, very damaging. Yeah, and Bond, too, a bit of an injury cloud over him during the week. Moved pretty freely. Couldn't really tell. He had an injury, two classy goals, and broke um, a few tackles at ease. Yeah, probably story of the night, broken tackles and um, going to ground. And, yeah, just giving it. Seemed like every time we did that, it led to a goal. Um, got punished on the, on the turnover. Yeah, and from a Port perspective, who were some of the better performers? I know there were many, but some of who caught your eye? Yeah, it's probably only Bonner. Um, even he had a pretty poor um, effort where ball was up for grabs. He kind of let, um, I think it was Burton or Houston go for it. Two on one, end up in dog's goal. So even he had his, even he had a pretty bad moment. Uh, but he's probably the only player that stood up. 32 possessions at 
and a goal. Game high, 813 metres gained, eight intercepts and four inside 50. So he's really come on. Although he was the, he's one of those much maligned players, a bit like um, your Atley or, um, yeah, you get one of those yeah. players for every club. He, he um, had, like, uh, I think 25 of his 26 possessions were, or whatever, were um, uncontested, was it? Yeah. I, I think maybe up till three-quarter time, I think. He was more outside, but can you carry yeah. him and um, Burton in the same team? Because I was listening to Footyology and Mark Fine was just um, critical about having both of them in the same. Yeah, I think Burton should be your lockdown defender. I mean, he's taken... Um, he took Rowan in the first final, and yeah, I think you're right. You probably can't have too many loose um, defenders. I think Bonner's that one player. Um, Darcy Benjamin's had a really average game as well, and um, definitely need to probably rework the back line um, a little bit because it seems like the yeah just not uh, accountable enough. Like Darcy Benjamin's many times he he laid off his opponent, um, led to a goal. Um, same with Burton as well. So. Definitely to fix the structure up a bit there. Maybe have add a bit more downness um, to that back six. Yeah, and I think when Lockie Jones comes back, yeah. I think he might add to that. Um, yeah, he's young as well and strong bodied, so maybe he can provide some more, um, a bit more of a defensive mindset. Yeah, Bert, Ben Jones has had a quite a bit of a down year, hasn't he? Compared to last year, Uh yeah. Would he be a trade bait, you reckon? Or is he too early after one yeah. down here? I wouldn't say he's trade bait just because I think he got added to the leadership group this, this season. Um, in saying that, I think Hartlett is also then he's got delisted, I think, earlier. Um, today that was made public. But um, he definitely gets shown up in one-on-one contest, Burn Jones. He does need to fix that aspect. Um, great um, interceptor and, and ball user, but... Yeah, it does need to fix that aspect if he does want to um, progress and yeah, continue to improve from his All-Australian year because he's definitely stagnated this season. Yeah, and um, another player that's on your trade radar would be Dawson from Sydney Swans. Yeah. So he's nominated um, or he's not going to re-sign the Swans and wants to come back to South Australia. So he grew up, I think, a Crows fan, but yeah. I think Port's seen as a better fit. Yeah, I think if you're looking at premiership windows, you pick Port. If you're looking at probably money, you go you go Crows. But um, I think both clubs would yeah offer him maybe four to five years. So that's a surprising one because I thought yeah, just assume he'd each day. But obviously, the, I think the salary cap squeezes a bit. Um, but yeah, he'd fit in really nicely um, across halfback for both for both clubs. Yeah, with the cap squeeze, and I think COVID's the other factor. But what would he? Uh, what would you guys give up? Yeah, I definitely pick. I think it's pick sixteen or seventeen. So definitely that first rounder. Um, might need to throw a player in there. I don't think the likes of Leanet, who's probably a fringe player, would would do. Um, it might need to be a um, maybe not Darcy Byrne Jones, but maybe someone from that best twenty-two potentially to to make it work anyway. So I think the Crows would probably give up more for him than than Port. Yeah, yeah. I think it's sixteen you have, and it'll get pushed back to probably eighteen after the father sons. But uh, yeah, he's probably worth around pick fifteen. So because he's uncontracted, yeah, you might you might just get away with um, the first round this year. 
and uh, yeah, we talked about retirements. I reckon I'm um, looking at your list. You got to take Robbie Gray and Travis Boak as just bonuses and mm-hmm. as sort of the cherry on top. So the main cake's got to be made up of you know Rosie Dersma, Butters, like you said, Bergman. Maybe um a couple of more younger players can come in and step into that role. Um, I just thought the mid yeah the game was obviously won and lost in the midfield and almost midfield isn't sort of as deep as oh no one's midfield is as deep as Bulldogs but um getting another ear into Drew and um maybe uh, do you reckon a- Amon can fit in there like you said? Yeah, I think Amon's definitely taking a step up. Same with Drew, but when I mean, you add those two wines, both Desmond, it's only really five deep. So you'd expect Rosie Butters and Bergman to play mostly midfield next season. I think that adds a point of difference: more youth, more speed, um, better ball movement. I think that's the the next step for us to become a contender because it has relied on wines both a bit too much. Um, with Drew and Amon playing, you know, supporting hands. Yeah, and um. I mean, like you said, you're losing. We might, when we get into the list reviews, we'll look at it more carefully. But I mean, Rockley's off the list and Hartlett, a bit of experience gone there and a bit of depth. And Sam Mays, I don't know if he's contracted, but he's probably on the chopping block. Sam Powell Pepper is one who I think should come in because he does provide a bit more depth yeah. and hardness. Uh, but yeah, maybe like a trend more could be valuable depth and could allow Darcy Burn Jones or Amon to play yeah, more midfield time. Um, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Just take him off. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't um wouldn't have made up for the yeah wouldn't have made up still would have lost by a fair way but yeah, I think Pal Pepper Hartland and Lockie Jones probably the three toughest players on our list and none of them were in the best um twenty one on the weekend so I think that yeah, obviously Hartland's gone but Pal Pepper and um yeah should come and Lockie Jones should come into that team along with Georgiades. I think Motlop and Marshall, their spots are probably in question. And Marshall didn't, Motlop didn't really fire a shot. Um, same with the other small forwards. I think Fantasia also had six, um, touches as well. So I think Fantasia stays in, but Motlop might be the one that to come out and might not get another contract potentially. Yeah, and you also got Dylan Williams there as well, who's highly yeah. rated and he's kicked yeah. a lot of goals in the Sandful. So if he can come in and, um, and that allows Rosie to play more midfield, and I think um, you're going in the right direction. Do you reckon you guys were too tall on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, there's no Georgia, so it's three three deep. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to say because the midfield got absolutely smashed, so the supply wasn't there, but uh, I definitely did expect more from Dixon because without Keith, you think maybe three, four goals max, and uh, I think he was lined up on Cordy, and yeah, yeah, didn't didn't perform to his standard. Um and yeah, the small forwards in fire a shot. And I thought that was the point of difference where we could win. Um, cause the dogs, they're probably lacking in that area. It's probably only Duray and, um, that's really a lockdown small defender. So he probably should have made the most of the opportunities there, but yeah, um, didn't perform at all. And Boke probably only had, he only probably had one bad game this season and picked, yeah, the worst time to do that, um, as well. Wines, I think stood up, but stood up too late. I think only one contested possession in the first quarter. So. Um, the bigger names didn't, yeah, perform. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, next year, uh, your window is still open. So if you just do a quick refresh, get a few, um, yeah, just turn over those older players and, um, yeah, list cloggers, I suppose, into players and natural development as well. Well, um, yeah, 
see you guys contending again next year. And um, yeah, I think Ken Kingley should still stay for a few more years at least. I think he's a good coach. Yeah, so into that ten-year window for not winning a flag. Yeah, I think next season and yeah, um, hopefully the loss doesn't scar because it has happened um, for other lists. So hopefully the youth. Um, can kind of negate that. We're not an ageing list at all. We do have some older players, but um, not many. But, you know, yeah, no guarantee to come back to this spot next year. So it's another long pre-season, another yeah, long regular and final season as well. Yeah, so we'll move on to the other game. And in the other prelim, it was a bit of a blowout too, wasn't it? Yeah, so this was a Friday night. So, yeah, watch this one. First, obviously, so um, yeah, it was unexpected. Like going in, I think yeah, these were favourites, and we both had tipped them, but we no one saw what was about to happen. It just uh, insane first quarter. So it was pretty much shot at half quarter time. So scoreboard wise, it was only like twenty seven points, um, the difference, these way. But um, yeah, just how the game was being played. These uh, were just putting it out of the centre. They were spreading better. Um, General play, they were yeah winning the contest contested footy and their confidence was up. So everything they touched turned to gold essentially. So um, yeah, when teams are like snapping goals and they're going straight through, you know they're on. So uh, yeah, I felt like uh, even though the Cats did fight back in the second quarter, um, they yeah didn't feel like it was going to be enough. Um, and when the Tigers and when the Cats did get a chance. Um, they sort of messed it up as well. So Hawkins chanted to kick from almost directly, I think it was directly in front, like 40 out. And, um, yeah, and that was when he, like, uh, just pushed May in the back. I don't think that was a free kick, but it sort of made May <clears throat> um, feel his hamstring stretch a bit. Yeah. So he was off the ground a bit. He he came back on, didn't he? He did, yeah. And it didn't seem to bother these too much, just because I think their midfield dominance didn't give the Cats much for looking. But, yeah, Lever and Petty, I think they're a pretty good combination. Petty playing that lockdown and Lever marshalling the troops and, yeah, intercepting. How about uh, one of the Brownlow favourites, Trucker? Yeah, he started very impressively, didn't he? So, yeah, he's just fast, powerful, so clean with the ball. Um, yeah, second best on ground, probably just to Max Gone, who kicks five. But yeah, 32 possessions, one goals. He could have kicked two or three, I think. But uh, yeah, it just shows you how valuable those powerful inside midfielders with pace. And um, yeah, speaking of um, Gorn, we might quickly touch on him. Did you see the highlights? Did you see him? Yeah, goals I saw and- the uh, yeah, snap goals, one from outside, 50 on the run. Um, I think one from a ruck clearance too. So have you seen a better... Performance from a ruckman in a final because yeah, doesn't spring to my mind. Yeah, unheard of. Yeah, I know the Cats don't have a strong sort of rucking division, but they still have Stanley. I don't think Blitzar's good in there, but um, yeah, he absolutely dominate, dominated all of them. Um, yeah, the D's won the contested footy, so one sixty to one thirty. So, and also the tackles by three. So when you when your team wins the possession count and the tackles, you know that the other team are just not trying hard enough. Yeah, third quarter was just a bloodbath. So eight goals, two points to one point. So the premiership quarter was there to be one. And, um, yeah, that's when it was just absolutely gone. So, um, do you reckon the Cats game plan 
stacks up or do they need to change anything if they're the challenge again next year? Yeah, I think the answer has to be yes. I mean, they've had obviously had a win against um, Underman GWS, but two other the two other performances, Port and um, D's got absolutely smashed. I think the game plan's too careful. It doesn't doesn't move the ball quick enough. And you you got Hawkins, Cameron, Rowan. Um, yeah, there should be really no excuse not to get the ball in as quickly as possible to those players. They just seem a bit too methodical at times. Not uh, like game management sort of play. Not um, fast ball movement, which is what teams, the best teams do now. Yeah, maybe that's just a product of the list and especially like the leg speed and the ability to spread because if you move the ball too quickly and it gets turned over, it's going to go back yeah. the other way quickly and the Selwoods and um, well, they've got a few like not quick players uh, like Duncan, Guthrie, yeah. Menegol, they're not super quick, right? So they might struggle with the um, defensive running. So maybe that's why they sort of move the ball with more control when they go forward. But, yeah, that could be leading them to what they're doing, perform <laughs> what they're playing now and not sort of uh, yeah, being too far away from matching it with the best. So, um, yeah, for the Ds, I thought they're lesser likes, like Spargo, Bowie, uh, or Bowie. Um, Sparrow were really good. Um, they don't sort of do too much, but what, what they do is pretty clean and they normally make the right decisions. So, uh, and they're not the biggest players either. So I think they're like sub one, 170 and they're sort of becoming integral parts of their team and allowing those other superstars to, yeah, do their work. Yeah, even Barry, I think he's seventh or he's played under 10 games, hasn't he? So he's really come on and, uh, I think he was keeping the likes of Hibbert. I know Hibbert came in for Joel Smith, but um, he's keeping yeah, more experienced members out of the team. Even Nathan Jones, too, who can't get a look in. Yeah, and you generally find that with premiership teams, don't you? Like um, Jack Graham did that for yeah. the Tigers, and um, yeah, I'm sure there's, like, even in Collingwood's 2018, Jaden Stevenson was able to come in and do that. So, um one player who has been there a while is Salem, and I thought he was sort of probably top three, to be honest, in the in the win. Twenty nine possessions, seventy two percent disposal efficiency. He won a few one on one contests as well, and he he always makes the right decision. So, mm. um, but he had a very good game. Um, yeah, just again across the board, solid defense, superstar midfield led by Max Gorn, and their forward line is dynamic. So, um. They've got the three tolls up there, and Max Gorn goes down there as well when Luke Jackson's in the rough. Yeah, so just to quickly wrap it up, yeah, like the Ds, they just have a solid, reliable defense, um, and it looks like May will definitely play. Uh, the midfield's just pretty, it's dynamic and offensive, but it's also pretty good defensively, I think. I think Vine and Brayshaw, we sort of forget about them, but they're, mm. Awesome players as well. Um, and their forward line's re- really dynamic. They've got a bit of everything there, like their lead-up tolls. Um, McDonald can take a pack mark. Luke Jackson's super athletics below his knees, and they've got the smalls in picket and Spargo. And Bailey Fritch is just that mid-sized athletic type that can do it all. So um, do you reckon they'll go into premiership favorites? Yeah, I think I think they've been the favorites the whole the whole year. Can't see why. 
that would change. And you, you mentioned Ben Brown as well. So he's really come on the last, I'd say, five to six weeks. It looked like he wouldn't get back in that 22. But, yeah, he's really doing his role in kicking goals too now. Yeah, I think he hit two on the weekend, but he could have kicked four. I think he missed a couple of the first. Um, had a snap that just bounced the other way. So, no, he's looking yeah, ominous. Um, yeah, and what about Geelong? Do you reckon um, hard to, most of their older players are contracted? So it's been a pretty big talking point <laughs> the last few days. But I think only Henderson is the only one that's out of contract. The rest are all contracted. Uh, doesn't mean they might still let go of them. I think Jack Stevens left with a year to go. So, um, yeah. yeah, do you reckon they should do that or just have go um, go for one more year? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I mean, the likes of Higgins, I mean, you question whether he can go, can go another year. I mean, I think Jenkins probably retires too. He's not in the 22, but, um, definitely need to get the likes of, you know, Jordan Clark, Narkle, uh, Parfit's obviously playing, but need to get those type of players in the 22 and playing because that's the quickest way to not shortcut a rebuild, but to add those, that youth to what they already have. Cause, um, I know Cameron had a really bad, bad game, but, You'd like to think he's your, your mainstay for 10 years, even after Hawkins goes. But they've got, yeah, some midfield. I mean, you mentioned before Selwood, whether he plays full-time midfield now, maybe not. Um, yeah, definitely to top up their their list with some youth and, and actually play them. I think that's the key. Yeah, with Cameron, I heard, like, during the home and away season, he averages, like, 2.7 goals a game. And during the finals, it's only, like, 1.9. So it's a massive difference. So he's got to close this gap. Yeah. Um, and Rowan, I don't know. I think he's just almost out of chances. So if he can't perform yeah. finals, and I think it's time to look past him, and they just got to strip it back a little bit. Maybe three or four of these older guys out, and then mm. some youth in, which can sort of, and then then you can keep Danger and Selwood playing more midfield because Selwood probably can't play any other position other than pure inside mid. So yeah, um, it's not the best overhead, so he probably can't go forward. Um. Yeah, I think Hawkins can still play, and yeah, Isaac Smith was probably yeah the only one who out of the older guys who did well. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think Mom was calling me. Sorry. Um, oh. I, I told her to call me anyway. All good. Yeah. Uh, you were saying I think yeah about Selwood. No, I think that's it. I think um. I can edit that bit out. That's cool. I think that's all for Geelong. Um, trade. Well, we'll just quickly wrap Geelong. Yeah, so that's a wrap of the two games, I suppose. And, um, yeah, we'll do some previews maybe next week. But, um, yeah. So with the, the trade news, is sort of... Oh, damn. This is terrible. Is it going to yeah, yeah, start again. <laughs> so the uh the trade news is, is hiding up with less less games less and less games. Uh on a billing side today, was that uh, someone the Ruse would have been targeting? I don't think uh he's good friends with Luke McDonald and like those guys. So um maybe they were, but it wasn't sort of reported, but I don't think Billings had too much interest. I think um yeah, clubs weren't prepared to offer him too much money, so he ended up staying with four years. And I think that's maybe too long for Billings, to be honest. Because 
hasn't quite lived up to it at St Kilda, so pretty good of St Kilda to give him that, and he'd be silly not to take it. Yeah, um, Jake Kelly from Adelaide is gonna yeah come to Victoria, but um, he's going to going to Essendon, so yeah, kangaroos were interested in him, and he would have been a pretty good um, stopgap role player for this type third defender. Um, but yeah, it's a good pickup for Essendon, and. Yeah, apparently the kangaroos are into a couple of tall tigers. Troll. Yeah. Okay. Tigers, a uh, couple of tigers the kangaroos are into, troll and, uh, Callum Coleman Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, seems like Cole, uh, troll, I think, already he's going to go to Essendon. Not too sure. Yeah. Don't take any of this as, like, granted. Gospel. But, um, yeah, gospel. Uh, Coleman Jones, though, it's down to Gold Coast, Richmond, or the kangaroos. So, he hasn't signed a two-year deal with Richmond, but um, I think he would, would be a good fit for the Roos. Mm. He's uh, from the same draft as Davies Jr. and, and um, Stevenson, so he's a good right age bracket, and he's proven he can uh, kick goals and play a bit of ruck as well. So yeah. we need a bit of tall timber, uh, especially with Combin, a little bit injury prone these days, but um, yeah, to help Larky out. So I think it's a good move if he does tend to come. In terms of how much would we give him in terms of draft picks? I wouldn't want to give up our second round, uh, which is 20. I think that's probably too high. Um, but yeah. maybe something after that, or we can like try to walk him into the preseason draft. I hope we do pick someone with it. Yeah. And what about the, uh, the Swans? We mentioned the salaries cap quiz earlier. Um, Dylan Stevens, is that maybe a name that the Roos can um, look to get? Yeah, I mean, if we have a big enough cap, maybe even a player that's in contract, that's on too much that we're trying to get rid of, we can look like, you know, Stevenson and, um, Collingwood last year, but yeah, Stevens, he played for SA, but I think he's from Mildura, so sort of in between yeah. states. Uh, I don't know. I'd like a, yeah, outside wing type, which he is, but hasn't shown too much at AFL level, but I think, yeah, there'll be a lot of suitors for him. Uh, do you reckon there are any out of contract uh, or delisted players that are worth a look worth a look for either kangaroos or port? Um, but maybe not for the ruse, but Talia might be one port might target. Um, I've heard that because yeah, Mackenzie I don't think um, does his role. I think, but when he comes up against the likes of you know Norton Hawkins, um, those likes in the finals, maybe Talia might be the answer there. Uh, really, um, like I don't think Hartlett, Hartlett might get a chance with the Gold Coast just for some leadership. I don't think again he suits the Ruse Ruse profile. But um, I think you're not lacking for experience. Like you've still got Zebul, Tarrant, um, Goldstein on the list, Cunnington as well. So I think you just need to get those those youth. So Callum Callum Jones will be perfect. Uh, yeah. And speaking of Taron and Zebul, they've been off at one near deal, so they haven't signed. So, um, yeah, sounds like the list management team are pretty, um, pretty focused and strict on what they're trying to do. So they're not bending over like we used to in the past when we offered sort of Mason Wood and these sort of guys a year or two longer than we should have. So I think, yeah, things are coming along. We might wrap it up shortly. We might do some previews next week. Um, but maybe we'll get your ground load tip. Yeah, well, Clayton Oliver for me, um, 
is a bit touchy because I think Petrarca and Guam will take away votes, but I don't think they'll take away three votes. I think Oliver will get the majority of those. Yeah, he actually stole my one. He was mine. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it like for the last couple of weeks and yeah, leaning towards Oliver. I feel like it's going to be like Ablett Bartel from 2007 where Ablett got all the like, um, attention with Petrarca yeah. at this stage, but um, Bartel ended up, ended up winning. Uh, maybe I'll go for a smoking Sam Welsh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, no one's going to take votes away from me. Crips had it down here, so uh, you're right. They're, McKay they're, as well, but a key. Yeah. Like, they did win a number of games, like, uh, like, like that sweet spot where um, he might do it. Um, yeah, Oregon Bond's going to be up there for sure, but yeah, we'll go with Sam Welsh to uh, win a Brownler. <laughs> That'd be a, yeah, an amazing achievement of third year player. So I think Judd did it back in the day as a third year. So it'd be, yeah, great story. Yeah, we'll see how we go. So uh, I just wish the roundler was on a Friday or Saturday night. It's on a Sunday night. And, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you might actually, it might be good for you. <laughs> Could be prime time for you with the little one. <laughs> but, we'll see. Uh, so we'll. Uh, We'll uh, yeah, wrap things up and we'll have a, a grand final to preview next week and uh, probably some more trade news and players requesting trade as well. Yep, the real stuff starts. <laughs> but yes. uh, thanks, thanks for listening and sorry about the audio quality. It's a little bit scratchy yes. today. On, on both sides. Yeah. yeah. See you guys.